Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers won again to stretch their current winning streak to 10 games, continuing their dominance in the month of August. It is now in its fourth year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Clayton Kershaw's latest start and what the plan is for him and Bobby Miller and the rest of the starting rotation over the rest of the regular season. And then we'll talk about Gus Varland joining a Dodgers bullpen that has suddenly looked really, really good. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, Vince, what's your record in games you're at now? I'm now at 18 and 1. So 18 and 1. All right. <laughs> If this keeps up, uh, you definitely got to go to every postseason game. I don't care about the travel. You need to be there. Um, yeah, good job, Vince. Yeah, because that's eight or 15 and one at Dodger Stadium. Oh, no. Yeah, 15 and one at Dodger Stadium and then three and zero away from Dodger Stadium. So. And the Dodgers just need, hopefully, they'll only need to win 11 games in the, in the postseason. So uh, yeah. get it done, Vince. Um, speaking of winning 11 games, the Dodgers will be going for their 11th straight win. Later tonight, when Lance Lynn takes on Corbin Burns, should be the toughest game of the series. Corbin Burns is obviously the the ace of the Brewers. Lance Lynn has been very good lately. Uh, I am a little nervous uh, for Joey Weimer's daddy hacks against Lance Lynn's fastballs. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Should be a good game. Dodgers won 10 in a row now. They are now, what are they this month, 14 and 1? Yeah, something like that. 14 and 1 now this month. Since the deadline, so yeah. Yeah, which continues a crazy stretch uh, over the last four years. Starting in 2020, the Dodgers have won about 80% of their games in August. This is the best they've done, but, I mean, they haven't lost more than seven games in the month of August in the last four years. And uh, they they talked about this a little bit on the pregame show. ESPN tweeted it out after the game uh, with the updated number. It, it's kind of ridiculous, Vince, because the first year of that stretch was 2020. And so, you, you know – Everything you kind of look for about, well, Dodgers have more depth and so they're not as worn down as some other teams, it applies to 21 to 20 through 23. But uh, 2020 was just August was the start of the season. So maybe, maybe 2020 is the outlier there. They were just easily the best team in baseball in 2020. And so that explains 2020. And then if we're looking at the last three years, uh, is it depth? Is it trade deadline acquisitions? Is it guys getting healthy at the right time? Is it weather? What is it, Vince? Probably a combination of all those. I mean, the, the number one thing is the Dodgers have had good teams the last, you know, well, definitely the last four years. Um, but, you know, trade deadline acquisitions, at least specifically for this year, have definitely helped, especially they had that long, that long uh, string of lefties where they faced 
a lefty pretty much every night. You know, Kike and Rosario came through. Lance Lynn has pitched very well, and all three times he's, you know, pitched for the Dodgers so far. Joe Kelly had pitched well up until he got hurt, and, and Ryan Yarbrough's been, you know, a big boon to the bullpen as well. So this year specifically, yes, it's been trade deadline pieces. I mean, years past, you you know, 2021, you added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. So obviously that's going to add a boost to your team. You know, last year they added – who did they add last year? Other people. Uh, I'm blanking on last year, but I would imagine they helped the team as well. So, yeah, it's a combination of that. I think – I honestly want to say the weather hurts because, like, this is the dog days of summer. This is when, you know, the kind of the low of the season for a lot of teams. But the Dodgers are, are playing in, like, 85, 90-degree weather and not humid rather than some of these teams around the country that are playing in 90-plus degree weather and humid. You know, it's hard to get up every single day and be like, oh, I'm this weather is disgusting. So I'm sure that factors into it. Uh, and then, you know, just a matter of, like I said, the Dodgers are a good team and then the depth because, like I said, dog days of summer, guys are tired, whatever. The Dodgers, they can just plug in somebody else every time, you know, seemingly every year other than 2021, they've been able to plug in somebody that would be a starter or or close to a starter on every other team coming off the bench. Yeah, last year the two big acquisitions were uh, Joey Gallo and Chris Martin. Uh-huh. Gallo made an impact early ended up struggling later, but in August, he was actually a pretty, pretty decent pickup. I remember him hitting a big home run against the twins who were now his current team at Dodger stadium last August at a game that I was at. Um, and Chris Martin was huge in the bullpen. So, so definitely trade deadline acquisitions could help. The weather thing is interesting because obviously whoever the Dodgers are playing against in any given game is playing in the same weather as them, but that heat and humidity can wear you down over time, even when you're not currently in it, just, you know, uh, I, I can't imagine like, like the break. I spent a week in Miami in July. And when I came home, it took me two days to like recover. Yeah. The Marlins at least ha- have a, I wasn't even playing baseball. Yeah. The Marlins are at least playing indoors. Uh, but you know, living in the humidity, I don't know how the Braves do it. They don't got a dome there and Atlanta gets hot and muggy in the summer. So it, it's crazy. The, the Braves are playing as well as they are, but the Braves are struggling. Well, they've hacked pitch com, so. What's that? They've hacked pitch com according <laughs> to Mets fans. Oh, is that the current theory? Yeah. Uh, some people can't accept that the team's just good, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but the Braves compared to the Dodgers, the Dodgers are making a move on the Braves, and that could be because the Dodgers have nicer weather to play in. Uh, I, I I feel like it's got to come down to like almost a an intangible thing here, like the you know whether it's leadership or, you know, just the makeup of the team that you do have. Like I I said all along earlier this season, when people would ask me, I remember I was on a radio show and the guy was asking me about the D-backs and are they for real? And I said, I believe they're for real, but I, what remains to be seen is do they have the experience and maturity to actually make it through 162 games uh, at this level? And we've seen the answer. That was no. Uh, and, and I feel like the way the Dodgers put together teams that, you know, they've got, they've got young players, obviously, but they've also got core veterans. And I think it's that mix that uh, whether, whether it's something that Andrew Friedman and his team do deliberately, as far as putting together this team, or if it's, you know, a happy accident, whatever it is, I feel like that maybe they're able to stay more focused as, I mean, no matter how much you love baseball, it's got to get old in your fifth straight month of playing every day. Uh, I guess if you count spring training, your sixth straight month of playing every day, like 
okay, come on. Um, and, and the fact that they're able to stay focused to, you know, seeing things, I, I don't know if you talked about this on yesterday's episode, the, the Dodgers rally that was basically extended and, and started by Will Smith hustling on basically a routine ground ball. He, he gets in on, on, gets on base on an error that, you know, he wouldn't have been on if he hadn't been going full speed, because even with the throwing error, Carlos Santana almost got his foot back down at time. And, and that started a huge rally and things like that. When your catcher is sprinting on a ground out, like that tells you something about the team. That's more than just these guys are good at baseball. I feel like. Yeah, that's part of it. And, and Roberts has talked about it a couple of times over the last week of, you know, trusting his, that his team knows how to win. And that's something that's part of it, you know, running out of ground ball in August in, you know, in a, what seemingly was a routine ground ball. And even today, Roberts, before the game, was talking about leadership. And, you know, he mentioned that, you know, Hayward and Rojas and Freddie and Mookie are guys that he kind of has been counting on, some of them maybe to go out of their comfort zone in order to kind of be the leaders of this team. And, you know, not just lead by example, but also lead by, you know, different ways. And, you know, Rojas, after they lost that Royal Series, when the ugly Royal Series, and, you know, he talked about urgency. And Rojas was a guy at that time that was OPSing around 500, I, I would imagine, I believe. So, you know, there, there's different ways to go about it. Every year they have that, you know, that Justin Turner is the first year they don't have him in that, in that sense. But, yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into it uh, that go on top of the Dodgers having good talent. Good talent doesn't always win, as we've seen around the league and as we've seen even this year in the Dodgers division. You know, you have to have everything and all the intangibles and everything else, especially, you know, I am not anywhere near, you know, top physical shape. But even me just going to multiple games in a week is exhausting. So, you know, playing every day, I can't imagine how those guys get up every single day and ready to go. Yeah, it's been fun to watch, so that's for sure. Uh, Clayton Kershaw returned on last week and made a second start back on, on Wednesday night. Only went five innings again. We'll talk about that. The decision to take him out and uh, kind of the plan that the Dodgers have for him and Bobby Miller and the rest of the rotation the rest of the way. So uh, thanks for making Locked on Dodgers your first lesson and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Nutrafol. I'm not an overly vain man. I'm not in great shape. I've never been even been considered for People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive as far as I know. But one thing I've always had going for me is my hair. And as I'm approaching my late 40s, I've noticed that my hair is starting to thin just a little bit. Probably not so much that anyone else would even notice, but I want to get out ahead of it. So that's why I was so excited to get my Nutrafol in the mail the other day. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of, of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root, targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. 
Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men, and enter promo code locked on MLB. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code locked on MLB. We are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, especially want to thank our everydayers. If you are with us every day, we love you. We appreciate you. If you're not with us every day, hey, join the Everydayer Club. All you got to do, watch or listen every weekday morning. And uh, for those of you, uh, every once in a while, we don't get it out quite uh, as early as we plan. We apologize for that. We, uh, we got yelled at on YouTube today by a fan in Indiana. Sorry about that. We'll We'll do better, you know. I'm bad at falling asleep sometimes, and then I wake up, and it's like 3 in the morning. And I'm like, oh. I think the problem is you're too good at falling asleep sometimes, Vince. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, I also want to remind you, you can catch every Dodger game on the radio, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app just by searching for Dodgers. Uh, so Kershaw made his second start since coming off the injured list, went five innings, allowed one run, just a solo homer to Mark Canna, and uh, looked good. Uh, but not quite dominant. And and he said after the game, basically, he, he said it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, things weren't good out there. There's nothing to build on from this. Just got to pitch better next time. Uh, some of that is, I think it's awesome that Clayton Kershaw can allow one run of five innings and lower his ERA to 248 and have his takeaway be, I need to pitch better. Uh, but the fact is, he only struck out two batters in those five innings. He also walked two. Had some hard hit outs. Freddie made a couple nice plays. Mookie made a nice play in the outfield. There was some good defense behind him. And overall, it was, yeah, not his most dominant game. Uh, and, and so that was part, I think, of why he was pulled after five innings and 75 pitches. Dave Roberts had said before the game he was good to go 80 or 90 pitches. Uh, and they pulled him a little bit before that. Some of it was probably effectiveness, but also, you know, when you pair it with what, what, Robert said about Bobby Miller before the game, it almost seems like maybe those two guys are on kind of a parallel plan as far as the Dodgers plans for them to get them ready for October, uh, October right? Yeah. I mean, uh, he said Kershaw would be 80, 90, depending on stress. He didn't have like that many stressful outings, but like I said, he just wasn't quite there. Wasn't he in the swing and miss didn't have all his pitches. You know, it, it was a good time to pull him. And with Miller, the same thing the night before, uh, it was the right time. You know, there was no need to push him further, especially considering that the Dodgers had an off day Monday, only didn't use any relievers other than, you know, Yarbrough on, on Tuesday and then Wednesday. They kind of needed the guys to get some work just to, you know, get to, their arms going. Uh, so it, it worked out for them. But yeah, in general, you know, and Robert has been asked this a couple of times the last few days about mindset mentality now that they are so up in the division and you know seemingly have it locked up and you know blah 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 all this other stuff and Robert's kind of said you know they're still playing to win but he'll find pockets or ways or you know different areas to get guys some rest or to you know take advantage of of the fact that they are winning or the fact that they do have the lead and the fact that in some of these games they're up five runs already in the fifth inning and there's no need to push them and I think obviously it can go a few ways you know we don't want it to be like last year if you believe that you know that them not playing meaningful games in the month of september was kind of tough the guys were still playing it just you know a little bit hard to get amped up if you believe in that then yeah it's tough to kind of see it again but i think roberts is going to find the spots where he needs it last week in arizona he let bobby miller go that extra inning that he normally wouldn't have let him go and you know it didn't quite work out but it, it they let him go that you know go to it yesterday there was no reason to push him past the six inning 74 pitches because 
they were up by five. If any stress became of it, it was because he created that stress, which is not, you know, beneficial. So I think they'll, they're going to find the times when they need them. But I think at this point, almost like every August, we start talking about they're starting to play for October and get ready for October and make sure that, you know, they know what they have. Yeah, we had a commenter on our YouTube say that the Dodgers need to be stretching these starters out so they don't repeat last year. Uh, I, I assume he's talking about Tyler Anderson getting pulled. A lot of people think Tyler Anderson was pulled too early in game four of the NLDS last year. Uh, my point there is whether Anderson was pulled too early or not, Tommy Canley was going to pitch in that game. The problem was that Tommy Canley sucked that game. And then Yancy Almonte came in and sucked. Uh, Canley and Almonte were two of the Dodgers' top relievers. They were going to pitch in that game, whether it was the sixth inning or the seventh inning or the eighth inning or whatever, they were going to pitch. And so, like, yeah, the, the problem wasn't Tyler Anderson. The, the, the problem that whole series was the Dodgers couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. Um, but that specific game, it was that, you know, the relievers came in, Canley couldn't throw strikes, Almonte had a little bit of bad luck. You know, the umpire, if the umpire makes a, the right call on Hassan Kim, then Max Muncy isn't playing in to protect against the bunt because there's two strikes. Hassan Kim, Kim's double is a ground out to end the inning. You know, not that that series is etched in my mind or anything, but uh, it, it's, uh, you know, the Dodgers are very likely going to have three or four starting pitchers uh, in their postseason bullpen. Um, you know, guys who have been starters, what Ryan Yarbrough, uh, Tony Gonsolin, Walker Bueller, maybe, you know, uh, whichever of, you know, we, we don't, uh, Michael Grove, you know, some of these guys could end up in the Dodgers bullpen. And so the role that Ryan Yarbrough played on Tuesday of, hey, our starter went six and now Yarbrough is going to finish it off. The Dodgers are going to have that option in the, in the postseason too. And uh, with, especially with in, in the first series when they're only going to need three starters, you know, Either Lance Lynn, you know, Lance Lynn is probably added to that bullpen. Maybe uh, they'll have those options, and so I don't think it's that important that guys go deep, deep. Especially, you know, Bobby Miller only going five innings in an August game doesn't mean he's not going to be able to go six in a postseason. If he's cruising, and you know, and, and the pitch count warrants and everything, he'll go six in the postseason. Uh, especially if the Dodgers are, you know, if the score is right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's always a balancing act that a manager has to play where, well, we're up by a lot, so it's easy innings, so let's let the tar starter keep going. Or we're up by a lot, so let's get the starter out of there because uh, we don't need his his dominance anymore. Uh, you know, and, and that's a balancing act, and it, it's a hard one. And, you know, Dave Roberts maybe hasn't always done it perfectly in the postseason, but uh, I don't think there's anything about this current approach that is going to cause – guys like Miller and Kershaw to not be built up enough in the postseason. Yeah, especially Kershaw, he, you know, he knows what it is. With Miller, kind of like I said, I'd rather Miller go an extra inning in a two-to-one game and see what he, you know, see that's something where you learn you're about yourself. You know, you learn about, you know, everything about yourself. Miller going an extra inning in a six-to-one game, I'm not as concerned about because he's already built up to, he's thrown a, close to hundred pitches, if not hundred pitches already this season, he's built up already. Um, but yeah. And if, specifically for Miller, I would like, you know, if there's close games the rest of the way to stretch him out, I would understand it. Kershaw, he, he doesn't need to be treated like that because he's already been through it. Julio, same thing. He's been through, you know, all these other guys have been through it. Lance Lynn, not with the Dodgers specifically, but he's been through that. I think Miller is kind of the only one where, okay, if there's, if it's two to one in the sixth inning and Bobby Miller's at 90 pitches, Let's see what he can do. Let's see how many outs he can get the next inning before he gets to close to 100. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then that calculus changes in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Gus Varland made his Dodgers debut against the only other team that he's pitched with in the big leagues, the Brewers. Uh, he looked really good. We'll talk about him and uh, the Dodgers bullpen that now that they're getting some rest because the starters are doing their job, it's a pretty darn solid bullpen. So thanks for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. You want a chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think Max Muncy or Freddie Freeman can hit a home run against Corbin Burns tonight? On Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. Since partnering with Locked On, Sleeper has become the number one sports app on the App Store. Correlation doesn't always equal causation, of course, but sometimes it does. And dynamic payouts are live. What are dynamic payouts? In short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. With dynamic payouts also comes more stat categories to place contests on. You can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Hey, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. want to remind you again that you can catch every Dodger game on the radio, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this show on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, so Gus Varland, uh, he's had kind of a, a long and winding road since last December. He was in the Dodgers minor league system. His brother Louie made his major league debut for the Twins last year. Uh, I remember uh, when Louie Varland debuted, Gus Varland was in the, in the stands and he, uh, he told – I, I think I was watching it on the Twins channel, and he told the the sideline reporter who came and talked to the family that the Dodgers had given him permission to leave leave his AAA team for a couple of days to go watch his brother's debut, which was pretty awesome. And I looked at Varlin's stats at the time and thought, oh, well, maybe that's why they said, sure, take a couple of days off because you're not really doing that much for us anyway. Uh, he seemed to be a guy who always had pretty decent stuff, but uh, hadn't quite put it together. He was taken by the Brewers in the Rule 5 draft in December. And so uh, if you're not familiar with the Rule 5 draft, uh, if you get chosen in the Rule 5 draft, the team that picks you has to keep you on their big league roster all year or the big league injured list if you're hurt. But uh, you can't be sent to the minors uh, without being offered back to the team they took you from. So Varland was in the big leagues, uh, and eventually the, the Brewers wanted to send him to the minors. They didn't want him on their active roster anymore. So they had to offer him back to the Dodgers. The Dodgers said, sure, we'll take him back. And he's been back in the Dodgers system for a couple months now and pitching pretty well in AAA. And they called him up uh, when Joe Kelly went on the injured list the other day. We said on this show that they might consider going with 14 hitters instead of 13 pitchers uh, and instead of adding Varlin to the 40-man roster. But instead, they put Jake Marizic on the 60-day IL to open up a 40-man roster spot, added Varlin to – the 40 man roster and put him on the active roster. And he finally debuted on Wednesday, pitched the last two innings of the game. And uh, it started off shaky. He walked the first battery faced and wasn't super close with most of the four balls that he threw. And then he just turned around, got a double play grounder and then looked dominant. The last four batters just 
just looked really, really good. Uh, the fastball was up around 97. Sharp cutter, sharp curveball. I think I saw a knuckle curve. Is that one of the pitches, Vince? I think you have his, his pitch breakdown in front of you, don't you? Is they there a knuckle have, curve in there? They only have slider four seam on his thing. Okay, so uh, oh, so not even a cutter? Joe Davis called one of them a cutter. So I guess it's just a, the, the slider has a couple different shapes. I thought I saw the finger like it, on one of the replays of one of the ones that had good movement. You might so. not have enough like to differentiate yet. Could be. Um, but, yeah, the, the, whatever it is, it looked really good. It was uh, playing really well off the fastball. And what was it, Vince? 13 swings and how many swings and misses? 13 swings, seven swings and misses, five of eight on the slider, two of five on the four-seamer. Yeah, and so, I mean, that, uh, getting that many swings and misses even on a fastball, obviously, it's a tiny sample size. It's five pitches, two swings and misses. But the fastball had life. It's not a you know, it's not a straight 97. It had movement and plays really well off the off the slider. Uh, there were a couple, I, I, I think I remember both fastballs that people swung and missed at because, like, I remember thinking, wow, that, it wasn't like a perfect location. It was just a pitch that's hard to hit. And we see it with Lance Lynn, kind of a similar thing. It's like, you know what he's going to throw you, and you're still swinging and missing at it. So there must be, you know, Lance Lynn does a lot of different movements with his fastball, different variations. But uh, so I don't know if Varland has a deception or just late life or whatever it is, but uh, he looked really, really good. And it, it's, it's not really surprising because he's actually pretty good with the Brewers. His ERA looks terrible because he had one game where he allowed nine runs in two thirds of an inning, I think, to the Cardinals. Uh, but other than that, I think he had eight appearances with the Brewers and six of them were scoreless. Uh, and, you know, uh, but one of them was really, really bad enough to get him sent back to the Dodgers. But his big weakness with the Brewers was walking too many guys. And I noticed his AAA stats since coming back to the Dodgers, he has cut down the walks drastically. And I, I think that was always his problem in the minors. But he was just walking too many guys. And he's always had good stuff, but can he command it? And, you know, with the caveat that it's one game, uh, after that first batter tonight, like, it looked like he can command that stuff. Yeah, and when you come into the game, when you're up, you know, 6-1, 7-1, whatever it was at that point, you're, you're looking to just throw a strike. And when he walked the first guy on four pitches – and uh, I was sitting next to to Matt Moreno from Dodger Blue, and he kind of looked at me like, "Now, really, we're just trying to get through these last two innings. He's gonna, you know, do this." And I was like, "He just wanted to get a double play. He ended up getting the double play, uh, you know." But either way, like I said, after that, he what he th those last two innings flew by after that because he was throwing strikes, was you know getting swings and misses, you know, got a couple strikeouts in there, and yeah, looked good. Yes, small sample size. Yes, the Brewers' offense isn't that great, but the Brewers' offense is, you know, has guys that are major league players at the very least. And, you know, that's all. And, like, you can only pitch against who you're tasked to pitch against in that day. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't think there's enough runway for him to do anything, especially if, you know, Joe Kelly's supposed to throw a bullpen on Friday um, and then eligible to come off whenever 10 days after that or whatever, however many days. Um, and then, you know, Almonte, I don't think we've heard from in a couple of days but if he's back there's probably not much runway for him but if those guys stay hurt or if other people get hurt you know it would be cool to see varland at least a couple more times before any of those guys return just to see you know what it does play up against the dodgers are going to play against a bunch of teams that are in a playoff spot or fighting for a playoff spot here over the next you know couple of weeks so there's a chance for him to at least show that hey i, I might have the chance to help if called upon Yep. The other two relievers who pitched on Wednesday night were Bruce Dark Gratterall and Ryan Brazier. Gratterall, uh, 
hit his first batter and then got a double play. Uh, he just wanted to get a double play too. And I think he ended up throwing seven pitches total, yeah. even after hitting the first batter. Brazier looked awesome. Like he's been such a such a good pickup. And he's another one that like I'd have to really, really study to figure out why he's so hard to hit because his stuff doesn't look dominant. But it, I mean, he has been so good. Yeah, he got five swings and misses on nine swings last night. So I mean, he hasn't really had the strikeout stuff so far with the Dodgers, but if he can start discovering some of that, you know, the I was talking about how, you know, the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, 10 strikeouts is the free jumbo jack, six runs is six nuggets at Dodger, uh, at McDonald's. I think the Dodgers have probably had the six nuggets more than the jumbo jack this season. Um so it'd be nice to kind of see those strikeouts start perking up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Evan Phillips has only pitched four times in these 15 games this month. Uh, you know, because the starting pitching is going deep. And uh, I think that's good for Phillips, you know, let him be rested. I'm sure they'll crank him up more in September as they get closer to the, to the postseason. But I think it's probably welcome rest for him because he was worked pretty heavily. Overall, the bullpen has been really good. And a lot of that goes back to the starting pitching being really good. And a lot of that goes back to the offense being really good and letting the starters pitch with very little pressure. So all in all, like it's been a full team effort for this 10 game winning streak and this awesome August. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I think that's it. You got anything else, Vince? Nothing. I will not be at tonight's game, so if they lose, blame me, but I uh, have prior commitments. So. Vince is ducking Corbin Burns is what he's saying. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us. Thank you all for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen, especially thank you to our everydayers. You can join the Everydayers Club. All you got to do is watch or listen every weekday morning. Remember, you can catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Simply launch the, launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast there by searching for Locked On Dodgers. You can wa- listen to us wherever you get podcasts, or you can watch us on YouTube. Just search for Locked On Dodgers. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vincent's91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.